welcome to Undigital Truth. It's been a while. First, uh, first recording with the, the new name. Yes, we won't talk about the last name. Um, things didn't go well. No, put a lot of hard work into that logo, the intro. It was beautiful. It really was. But um, we're saying rest in peace to the, our former name. You can still see our, our videos from the time that we were under that uh, other label. But uh, we're under a new label, a new management. Um, we're working with a new, <laughs> we're working with a new team on some things. Um, but um, welcome to Digital Truth. My name is Hector Diaz. I'm Saul Cruz. And welcome to our podcast, um, where we're going to be discussing all types of topics pertaining to faith, God's love, and the current state of the church, current state of the world, and. Probably eventually everything in between. Hopefully we'll get to uh, discuss some food as well and maybe do uh, <laughs> some uh, restauranteering. That's not the word. Restauranteering? Restauranteering? It's something like that. A restaurateur. There you go. There you go. We will become restaurateurs and we will tour restaurants. But um, so the topic that we want to talk about tonight or today, whenever you watch this video, it is night right now where we are, but it will be day by the time you see this, um, is our Heavenly Father. What is a father? What is a dad? Is there a difference? Doesn't it mean the same thing? All right. Um, so a lot of times when discussing faith, people want to be, people will tell you, hey, you know, um, why don't you, if you're a Christian, if you're a person of faith, they'll say, hey, you know, why don't you invite um, your friends and family to church? You know, but the whole concept of church or what church used to be or what church is today has changed completely to the point where people are turned off. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to know about church because of so many different things that have happened in the last hundred years in this crazy world uh, in and around church, um, abuse of power, all types of abuse. We could talk about that another time, but, um, and that has definitely affected the meaning of what we want to talk about today of what is and who is our, uh, our heavenly father. Um, but let's go to the beginning. What, um, Saul to you, what is, what is a dad? Who is a dad? Well, to me, um, a dad is someone who well a man that corrects his child mm. leads them in the ways of discipline and love you know who didn't grow up with a dad it's very difficult to comprehend the idea of what a father is supposed to be mm. you know we have a way of, us humans have a way of thinking of, about things in a very you know human way and that's just not who god is his ways are higher than his ways are higher than our ways. So how we perceive our earthly fathers, whether they're around or not, is not necessarily the way that God is. Mm. So basically fathers have jacked it up for God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you had a bad father growing up, it would put a it would stain your image of, of who God is. Mm-hmm. Just calling him your heavenly father, just hearing the word father might give someone 
a negative connotation of what a father is supposed to be. Oh, so my, if your father beat you, oh, so God is going to smite me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If your father was too heavy on the, on the discipline, oh, so God is just going to punish me anytime I do something wrong. Mm-hmm. And for the people who don't understand the, uh, the Old Testament and the way God was then, all they see is a wrathful God. How could he possibly be a loving father? Mm. So they see that as a contradiction. Mm. But again, out of context, everything seems like a contradiction. Yeah. Even God's character. That's true. That's true. Do you have a relationship with your dad? I do not. And why is that? Well, that was by his own by his own choice. Mm. Walked out when I was young, came back when I was a little older, mm-hmm. walked out again, tried to reach out to him again as an adult when I was having my first child and pretty much blew me off. Mm. And as much as I've attempted, he just doesn't seem to want anything to do with me. How did that make you feel? Frustrated. Definitely frustrated because I couldn't understand me being a father, how you could ever just walk out on your child. How you could ever abandon someone that you claim to love. And you loved your dad? As a kid, I did. I can't say I have the same feeling now. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know enough about him to feel any kind of way about him. Right. No connection, no... No. Mm-hmm. You think, when you think about your dad, do you ever think that maybe that same disconnect is the same disconnect people feel with God. For anybody who had my kind of experience, yeah, that could play a huge role in the disconnect that they have with God because they just see God as another father figure who, in their eyes, just abandoned them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you started, you know, visiting church and getting acquainted with, um, with the word of God and faith and hearing those, those names like, you know, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and your Savior and learning about the cross. Was it kind of not only foreign, but did it sound like alien to you? Like, what is this? Or were you intrigued? Like, maybe this is what, you know, real fatherhood is. I was more intrigued than anything else, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, not growing up with a father and I have you know, knowing what a father is supposed to be like you know, through television and through other friends who had their dads in their life. So coming to church and hearing things like Heavenly Father and your Heavenly Father will never forsake you. I was like, oh, God is my father. So, you know, and he's the ultimate father. Mm. So that, you know, piqued my curiosity. Um, when I gave my life to Christ, it was a big sense of like, finally, like I have a father in my life. But, you know, as as it goes, you know, as the years goes as the years go on, you start going through more things into your adulthood. <clears throat> you kind of lose sight of that, especially if you've never had that connection with your earthly father. It becomes difficult to see God as your heavenly father. Especially as being so carnal minded, thinking, well, I can't see him, I can't hug him. It's like, is he here? So I came to accept Christ as Savior. And I came to know him as Savior. Mm. But the concept of accepting him as a father is one that I still struggle with to this day. Mm. 
So you haven't arrived. No. You're still on this journey. Oh, absolutely. Of understanding and accepting that he is not only your savior, but that he is your heavenly father. Exactly. And, you know, I, now that I'm a father, I can kind of comprehend it a little better. With When my daughters need something, they don't hesitate to come running to me and asking me, Dad, Dad, can I have this? Dad, Dad, can I have that? And I feel like having children is a great parallel to how God sees us. Where it's like, you know, Paul said that we, we can now approach the throne of God boldly. Mm. The same way that your children can run up to you and hug you and ask you for anything is the same way that we can run, in, run to God and ask him for anything. And that's hard for people to understand. Oh, it's extremely hard. Even now having children, it's, it's still a concept that I'm still wrapping my head around. I, I understand it better now that I have, now that I have children. <clears throat> but, you know, still, still haven't arrived. Mm. Do you sometimes feel like, here you are, you know, you've been serving the Lord now for a while. Do you sometimes feel like, man, I should have mastered this by now. I should, I should, uh, I should feel closer to not the finish line, but closer to not just the revelation understanding, but closer to the feeling, maybe the emotion of being attached to God. It is frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've been serving the Lord now over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those things that I don't know how, how much longer it'll take me to arrive at a complete understanding. I don't think I'll ever arrive at a full understanding of God's love. And who he, is, who he is as a father, but I hope to hopefully one day arrive to where I can have that connection with him as more than just my savior and more than just the intellectual knowledge of, okay, he says he's my father. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he's my father, mm -hmm. but to actually have the emotional connection to run to him the same way that my children run to me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And not only run, but that yearning. Yes. Because, you know, your kids, and I know your kids, I mean, we were just on the phone with them. <laughs> they they not only love you, but they yearn your, for your attention, your love, um, your adoration, your encouragement, you know, especially your, your older daughter, um, because she's at that point. The little one, you know, when you're a baby, it's, yeah. it's different. You know, they they just want you to play with them. But once they come to that, that age where it's like, no, I, I need you mm -hmm. at a deeper level. <clears throat> they need your approval. Mm -hmm. They want you to watch everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just one of the huge things about being dad is you got to show up. Yeah. You know, you gotta um, be present. Yeah, you know, she's in swim class and sometimes I can't go inside because I'm with, I'm with the baby and she acts up too much. So we sit in the car, but whenever I can, I sit right in the front row, right by the glass and I watch her swim back and forth. And, Every two or three minutes, she'll wave at me like this. She'll get my attention. Try to make sure that I'm I'm actually watching her. Yeah, engage in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. Look at me. Look <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you see even that right there. We read in the Word of God, right, that His eyes go to and fro the earth. You know, like He He sees us, man. Mm -hmm. You know, 
but our minds are so finite that we hear that and we're like, does he really see me, you know, in this big world? Like, aren't there more and things, more important things for, for him to be watching? Yeah. Well, isn't there more, isn't there something that, you know, maybe needs his attention or needs his love in a greater way than how I need him, you know, because we always want to minimize. Now, I'm not going to say always, but many times, especially when we don't know our worth in him, you see. You can know your worth as a person in, in a corporate setting, let's say, mm -hmm. you know, let's say you like yourself, you're educated in your field, you have experience now, you know your worth in your field. But when you don't know your worth in the eyes of your heavenly father, it's two different types of value. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so there you are. You know how much your child yearns for you because you've already given and place the value on your child, your child knows how much they mean to you. Right. And how much you mean to them. But when you don't know how much you mean and you're valued by the Heavenly Father, sometimes you could hear a speaker uh, in any church setting, on a podcast, anywhere, and it's just words. It's just that, noise. Yeah. That carry like, you know, literally no no weight whatsoever. Um, they sound nice, you know. Um, I think too, like I'll give an example, like, you know, back in the day when we were both in dating scene, which we're, you know, we're no longer there, both married, praise God, but, uh, God bless our wives they are beautiful people. <laughs> but you know, when we were single, you know, and somebody were to write you, um, a Valentine's day card or, you know, or whatever, or, or I'm interested in your card, you know, mm -hmm. and there's nothing there. There's this curiosity, like. Oh well, wait a minute. Um, what's what say you? What's what's going on here? You um, <laughs> wow! You think that I'm beautiful? That's amazing. Same one. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like th there's this curiosity, but you don't know this person, and so there is the word of God. We've been told, you know, for so many years, like you know, God loves you, and you know, dive into the word of God and you'll find out God's truth about, you know, who you are and where you should be and everything. Um, and you can hear it, but until you enter into that intimate relationship with Christ and you start really walking out your faith with the Lord and not just associated to this place called church with these people called Christians, but you literally individually, you just start this path with God we're never going to know. No. We're never going to know. <clears throat> You're absolutely right. Until you know your worth, mm -hmm. it's just noise. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like um, what's the, when, before, when you have, uh, before you get your driver's license or even permit, you know, you're there with the little book, the little DMV book, right? <laughs> Can't stand that thing. And, uh, you're there with this little manual. I forget how many pages it has. It's probably digital now. I don't even know, man. It is digital now. Yeah, that's sad. See, I'm kind of dating myself, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, mine was in paper form, or and uh, or paperback, not paper form. Is that a is that a word? Paper form. Anyways, it was in paperback, and um, you know, I'm there, you know, flipping through these pages. I'm like 15. I'm like trying to read this thing since I was 14 years old, maybe, because I I want to be prepared for this time. And you're there and you go through this manual 
And once you memorize all the signs and you get all, you know, like you're like, I know how to drive. I read the book. This is so easy. You know, mm -hmm. of course, I'm not going to kill anybody. You know, I'm never going to speed. You know, and you're thinking all these things and then you get your driver's permit. Or like many people like I did driving illegally since the age of 13, um, you start driving with your older friends and then you're like, I don't know how to drive. I thought I did. Um, and then you like almost kill yourself or everybody in the vehicle because you thought that you knew because you read, you know, and you have this this head knowledge, but you literally have no experience whatsoever. And that's the key thing that God wants us to experience him, not just to pick up the Bible and read it like any old book like yeah. Time Magazine or GQ Magazine or, or Ellie or whatever you uh, folks are reading nowadays. I don't know what the hottest magazines are now. When I was, when I was young, it was GQ for men. Like It's Instagram now. Yes. Yeah, digital. That's it. Yeah, digital media. Because mm -hmm. no, I don't even know if magazines are a thing now <laughs> other than um, what you see online or whatever. But, and, you know, God really wants us to, there has to be, if there's not a shift, you know, in that knowledge from that head knowledge to that experience, we just stay stuck. And I've known people, my God, I think the most common thing that I've ever heard in my entire Christian walk has been, dude, you hear from God? Like you've literally heard God talk to you? And I'm like, yeah. And they'll say to me, well, how many times? And I'm like, I lost count. He's talked to me through his word. Mostly. Yeah. Um, but I've literally heard God's audible voice in a still small voice, audible voice, um, literally call out my name. Like freaky to the point where like, there's been times when I was young and I was home alone and I hear my name. And it's almost like that moment when Samuel was a child, you know, and he goes over um, to Eli, you know, and he wakes up Eli. Eli's this like old dude. And he's like, hey, I'm here. And Eli's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I see you. What's up? <laughs> you woke me up from my sleep. He's like, nah, man, you, you, you called my name, you know? And Eli's like, no, no, there's something wrong with you. Please, please leave. Go back to bed, you know? But then it happened like a second time, you know? And then like Eli was like, oh, wait a second. I think God is trying to get this kid's mm. attention, you know? And then he gives him instruction. You guys can read the stories for yourself in, uh, in First Samuel, which is an amazing book, um, just like the rest of the Word of God is. But it's a great book, one of my favorite stories. And... Um, and from then on, like this, this kid, because he was a kid, literally, he has this encounter with God. It wasn't Eli saying, hey, listen, uh, one day, you know, you're going to hear like this thing. And just know. It's God. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. You know, so he had, you know, he knows that you know, conceptually, probably that, that God was real. And here he is with this, this priest, this man of God. 
um, who's serving the Lord and he's clearly watching his life. So he has somewhat of a, of an example, right? But, um, there's not, it's just different, you know, again, it's just like this, he's hearing and seeing this, this head knowledge being portrayed, but there's no experience. But once he has that experience, once he hears God call his name for the first time, and then again, and then the third time, everything changes. And everything will change and has changed for those who have that experience. And like Jesus said, right? Knock and the door will be opened, you know? And sometimes you're there knocking for a while, but it's faith that opens up that door, you know? And once that door is opened, Floodgate. Literally. You know. You know, my experience with my dad uh is completely different than yours. But at the same time, too, it's um and it's funky because there's a lot of people out there that were raised with dads, and sometimes their relationship with God is still broken, or there is no relationship whatsoever, or they're just atheists, don't believe, don't have faith. Um, nothing you know, don't care for it, you know, there's nothing there, but they'll say, you know, they have a great relationship with their, their dads and moms. Um, but in my case, you know, I was raised with uh, a mom and dad that, you know, totally loved the Lord and uh, people of God, but imperfect, you know, and sometimes, you know, when you don't have a true understanding of grace, but you have somewhat of a knowledge of you know, who God and what God is and how God is supposed to be, even there, you can get stuck. And then look at your parents and judge and be like, well, where's God there? You know, uh, my mom failed me in this area or my dad failed me in that area. And that, that starts to kind of like almost chop up, you know, the idea of, not even the idea of who God really is supposed to be, you know. Oh, it it, <clears throat> it just plants bitterness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow up hating your parents because mm -hmm. you only understand what you can see. Right. You don't understand, you know, you might not fully understand your parents' history, the background, how they were right. raised. Right. For all you know, they, they gave you the best they could with what they had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you know, like you said earlier, love covers a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. So, sure, your parents might be imperfect, but it becomes perfect through God's love. Amen. Amen. His grace is what brings that that honing to everything. But you need that; otherwise, it just turns into bitterness and resentment. Yeah, and years and years of Bitterness, strife. That's it. That's that's how you end up. How kids end up not talking to the parents for years on end. Yeah. So true. It's very easy to focus on me, me, me. <clears throat> how did they fail me? Yeah. But there's, you know, there's um two sides to every single story. 
And until you understand your parents' side, you'll always be better. Mm-hmm. Not, not to excuse any behavior, you know what I mean? Some parents legitimately hurt their children, whether it be emotionally, physically, both. You know, and unfortunately, you still have to carry, you carry that baggage until you can heal from it. Mm-hmm. But if there's no grace, if there's no open communication, that wound will stay open. Mm. So true. You know, I, I think um, a lot of times too, I mean, really everything in life, um, but especially pertaining to, to faith, it's all about what, what lens you choose to look through. Because if we're going to go through lack vision versus provision, you know, and look at the things that we didn't have growing up or what wasn't in our home, my God, dude, that list is long, you know? Um, and if we're doing it through, you know, uh, selfishness and we go, well, you know, they could have done better. I mean, really, you know, if you would have seen the car that we had, you know, that car wasn't safe. We, we think like that now when you're a kid, you're not thinking, no, no. there's no seatbelts in this car. My mother's just holding me. That's faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's faith. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That is faith. I remember being in a kid, uh, being in a kid, you hear me? Being a kid, (laughs) I wasn't a child, it was me. Um, And my mom's just holding me in a car, you know? And I'm thinking, you know, you're a kid, you're like, of course this is normal. We're driving 55 (laughs) miles down the road and I'm, you know, my mom's just holding me to dear life. And uh, remember, it's not, it's not the crash that kills you, it's the sudden stop. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I've never heard that, but um, but I'm glad that you think like that again. You know, it's all about perspective. There you go. <laughs> You're looking at everything. Through... <laughs> oh man, but um, but it's true. You know, we we look back now at things like that. That today, you and I as fathers, our wives would never get in a car with our young children if there's not a car seat. They would literally look at you and I and go. Are you stupid? Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm not going to get in that car. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife doesn't even feel comfortable hopping in an Uber without a car seat. And I know plenty of people do it, you know, but that's understandable. though. No, no, no. Totally. Totally. Especially understandable uh, here in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. When you see a cab, a cab driver cut across four lanes of city traffic. Yes. Yes. Just to make the right exit. <laughs> Amen. Awesome. Things you only see in, in metropolitan cities. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy, you know? And then you want to bless them. Yeah, yeah, yes. And yes. the way the Lord will bless them. Right, right, right. You want to you wanna practice uh, sign language. <laughs> yes, yes. For those of you that don't know what sign language is, look it up. It's, uh, it's something you do with your hands. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, and, and if we go down that path of constantly thinking about, you know, what we didn't have or even today of what we don't have in this moment or what even in marriage, it goes, it's just a continuance. Well, I mean, I guess the root of all this is the way that you see God as your father kind of defines your lens for looking at everything else in your life. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Another thing that fathers do is forgive and god is huge on forgiveness 
it's it's in his nature, it's his character. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's completely evident in the fact that instead of crucifying every single one of us, he crucified his son so that we can go free. Mm-hmm. If that's not the definition of forgiveness and, and atonement, I don't know what is. Yeah. So how many of us are walking around with unforgiveness towards our parents? And that is literally the stumbling block. That's the wall in the way of reconciling that relationship. You're bitter about something that they didn't give you. They didn't send you away to summer camp with the rest of your friends. They didn't buy you that that car, you know, first world problems. Yeah. Or in many cases, it's actual issues like they didn't provide for you. Mm-hmm. They abandoned you. They were it, horrible, horrible parents. Abused to you. you. Abused you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it's easy to, easy to forgive parents who abused you, for hurt, who physically and mentally and emotionally hurt you. <clears throat> but the forgiveness isn't really for them as much as it is for you. In forgiving them, you display God's character. Because with everything that we've done, we deserved the punishment. But Christ forgave us. God paid the debt that we owed. Mm. So if he was gracious enough to forgive us with the horrendous things that humans have done, who are we to not reciprocate that forgiveness? Yeah. Again, not, not saying that from one moment to the next. Forgiveness takes a long time, healing, growing. But at some point, you have to move past it for your own, for your own health, for your own sanity, for yeah. your own family's future. Mm-hmm. We got to come out of that shell. Got to break through. There's got to be a breakthrough. Totally. Well, you you carry that unforgiveness. Say you're a 15 year old kid, despise your parents. You know you grow up with that resentment your entire teenage life into adulthood, then you get married, then you have kids. Where do you think that's going? Mm-hmm. That's going, at some point, that's going to spew out and affect your kids. It's going to be, whether it was the way your parents spoke to you, and now you're over here speaking to your children in the same manner. Why? Because you've held on to that. You've never spoken about it. You, you carry that resentment around with you. Or, in the case of those people that don't have fathers, like in my case, you won't really know what to do. You mm-hmm. resent your father for like not being there to show you. And, and instead of focusing, okay, so how can I become a better father? How can I emulate God and you know, emulate him as the ultimate father? Take on his qualities. You hold on to that resentment you feel and focus on that instead of what God wants you to focus on. And then you're stuck. Because you have a better relationship with bitterness. Exactly. Your father essentially is bitterness mm-hmm. not god mm-hmm. do you think that bitterness causes blindness absolutely bitterness and unforgiveness can make you completely blind blind it's almost like a, if you think about it it's like a two-way mirror mm-hmm. god can see right through to you but you can't see god because the portion of the mirror that you're looking through is your bitterness and your resentment. So you can't see through the other side. Mm. Mm. So bitterness causes people not to be able to see love, grace, forgiveness. And if you're bitter for long enough, it becomes normal. 
it becomes second nature. You do without thinking about it. You just walk around with this weight, this bitterness, what was me, this negative attitude. And none of that will ever lead you to the life that God wants for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it even flows over because there is no end to it. Like Just like the grace of God has no end. Bitterness, the end of bitterness is death because there's no life in there. There's no life in, in bitterness. There's no life in, in, in unforgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so important. Like, for instance, I'll, I'll read to you here um, the Lord's Prayer, which is found uh, in Matthew and in Luke. Starts off like this. Our Father, not my dad, not my father, our Father. And this is Jesus instructing the disciples because they asked him, you know, when, how should we pray? He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us, who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. It doesn't get more simpler than that. It really doesn't. I mean, I could read so much more, but really, it just sums up everything right there. Yeah. You know? Um, and Jesus was, you know, giving us instruction and showing us he's within this prayer. He's putting himself at our level, looking up. He didn't say, when you pray, pray my father who is in heaven. No, he said, our father. Remembering that he's also Jesus' heavenly father. You know? So in that moment, his humanity kicked in. And he's there in the flesh with the disciples. And they're coming to him and they're saying, look, man. You got to, you know, I'm hearing you. I know you already told us that you're the savior of the world. I, I, I hear you on that. But where do we go from here? And he says, this is how you start. Remember that you're not alone. Remember that I'm with you. I'm not only with you here in the physical, but also in the spirit, but also just as much as you need the father, I need the father. So he says, start off like this, our father. We tried in heaven, you know, um, and that's where you have to start. If you're watching this right now, um, or you end up forwarding this to somebody, it's a start. That's where we all have to start. That's, he is the beginning. He is the great I am, you know, he is alpha. He is omega. He's everything. And if we don't get to him, we have nothing. There's no way without the grace of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, I'd be able to forgive those that I've needed to forgive. There's no way that you can build healthy relationships without true love and true knowledge of, of God and who he is and knowing him as our heavenly father. Because guess what? People are going to fail you. Every time. I mean, Saul has failed me more times <laughs> than I would like to admit. Um, 
it's a failed friendship. It really is. Just all together. <laughs> no, but you know, seriously, we we're gonna fail each other. You know, how many times have I have I failed my wife? Are you kidding me? And she's failed me. Like marriage is, we're people. We're fallible. Yeah, man. Like, my God, like without God's grace, like somebody asked me the other day, they were like, Oh, you know, um, they were telling me, Oh, you know, you but you seem like, you know, you have a great marriage. And uh, I was like, well, that's a lie. No, I'm kidding. No, we <laughs> we do have a great marriage. You know, we do. Oh, have, we have an amazing marriage. She's going to see um, this. Yeah, she's going to see this. Um, <laughs> we have an amazing marriage, you know, and I'm so grateful to God. But we didn't, you know, it didn't start that way. You know, it's work. Absolutely. It is work, you know, and you, again, if you're at a place where your vision is completely gone because of bitterness and unforgiveness, again, going back to the genesis of it all, you know, from that place of trauma, maybe, because maybe you did have a, you did have a dad at home or you didn't have a dad, but either way, it was in a broken place. Right. Because again, you know, sin causes brokenness. Sin causes, you know, all these things to just be messed up. That's what sin does. It brings division. It brings, you know, bitterness. It brings hurt. It brings pain. Um, it brings trauma, right? And you can't love completely from a center or a foundation of trauma. If trauma is your foundation and God's love isn't, and God's, um, it's not a place of healing, you can try to build upon whatever marriage you have, whatever friendships you have, uh, whatever career you want to build, eventually that trauma that's been undealt with and unearthed, that hasn't been unearthed yet and hasn't been dug up and there's all these roots attached to this thing that that are literally like, like, a, um, like the roots of a weeping willow that if you don't know, the roots of a weeping willow are so thick and strong that it literally can break a septic tank. Anybody that is watching this or hears this one day knows and has probably heard stories of people that didn't know what they were doing. They planted a weeping willow way too close to a home. And that thing will literally destroy anything in its path just to get to water. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah. I had an uncle of mine that went through that and uh, he had no knowledge, you know, bought this uh, house. The tree was like, oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, didn't even know when it was planted, how old the tree was or anything. Come to find out totally dis destroyed, you know, um, the septic tank messed the whole thing. But uh, my point is this, that bitterness is just like a weeping willow tree that it will just try to find things to feed itself, right? To stay strong and not die. It's just like sin. Yeah, totally. You know, um, it's just like the flesh, you know, the flesh wants flesh, right? It doesn't want um, the obedience of God. What? Mm -hmm. doesn't want love, doesn't want healing, doesn't want obedience. Mm -hmm. and, the right? more you, and the more you feed it, the hungrier it gets. That's right. There's no satiating the flesh. Nothing. There's Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bottomless pit. The more you Literally. feed it, the more it wants. Literally. Like an empty well. You but know? that's that's not what it presents as. Right. 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 Totally. You know? And it's just like, oh, you know, 
just a little bit more, just another day of bitterness. I'm eventually going to let things go. Yeah. You know, I'll eventually stop talking about this. And then eventually it turns into a year, mm-hmm. five years, 10 years, or the rest of your life. Yeah. You die with that bitterness. Yeah. Completely. Completely. And that, that's not God's will. No. <clears throat> not God's will at all. You know? And thing is also looking at it looking at the parent child relationship like the nuclear family mom dad you need your father there because a father brings a certain dynamic that a mother could just never cover and vice versa but so true fathers you know have a huge say in how their daughters grow up their taste of men how they want to be treated fathers play a huge role in the kind of men that their boys become mm-hmm. So fathers are crucial, crucial to to a family. So to the ones that didn't have that, who've had to learn it on their own, it's tough. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. How do you emulate something that you never that you've never seen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worse, how worse is the ones who emulate the ones that they have seen and they just end up repeating the same mistakes that 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 man showed them now they're the same they're the same men inflicting the same damage that was inflicted on on them mm-hmm. totally totally you know as a dad what are some things <clears throat> as a father what are some of your prayers as a dad concerning you know pertaining to your kids i know what i pray for but what, what do you pray my first Prayers always that my two girls will grow to know the Lord, mm. that they will grow in his ways, they wouldn't depart from the faith. Mm-hmm. Because I know that as long as they have God, as long as they seek him, as long as they um, obey him and are faithful, God will direct their path. Mm-hmm. He will give them their worth. Of course, I play my part. Right. But they don't want to be with me for so for so long. Eventually they go into teenagers, start going up with their friends. I can't be there yeah. to tell them, hey, I don't think you should go over there. Hey, I don't think you should go over there. I can only raise them to a point and then it's out of my hands. Mm-hmm. They have to make their choices for themselves. And I can only hope and pray that I raise them well enough, that I that I showed them God's love enough, that I showed them God's ways enough that they, they will remember that and retain that in their hearts. To where if a friend would tell them, "Hey, you know, let's let's uh, let's cut school. Let's let's head over to this guy's house." Yeah. They'll be like, "No, mm-hmm. no, I I don't want to do that. What's there?" But they will question. They will have a mind a mind for themselves, knowing their worth in Christ, knowing the worth that I've worked so hard to that point to instill in them. That's my ultimate hope hope for them. Yeah, because that's. Literally, and nothing else really compares to that. It's like, um, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else will follow. Mm. So I know that as long as they have God yeah, and God has them, I don't need to worry much. Right. Well, I'll always worry. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> as a father, you always worry. That, that never goes away even when they're grown. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, my daughter's so little now, but, you know, sometimes I, I think... Uh, 
is that going to you know, like how I feel right now? The amount of <laughs> the amount of concern, like when this kid is just literally just, you know, running on a sidewalk. I'm like, please don't fall and crack your head open, mm-hmm. please. You know, and I think to myself, like, is that going to change 20 years from now? It's not. It's going to be like it'll be worse. Yeah. It's if- like, please drive down the road safely and don't crack your head open. You know, please don't go out at night. Please don't go out at two o'clock in the morning with your friends to a place you know you shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, totally. All of that. But um, like, you know, one of the prayers that I consistently pray, like literally like every single day since this child was born, even before she was born, when she was in the womb, it was kind of like, God, please not only protect this child, but, you know, my prayer always was and still is today. God, I pray that this child, my daughter has an early experience with you. You know, like Samuel, you know, that she would come to know you uh, as I did when I was a kid. I remember like literally encountering the presence and the love of God at age six. I remember that clear as day. I remember feeling the presence of God. I remember being in church. I remember what I was hearing. I remember what I was feeling. I remember crying in the presence of God because it was like, what is this? You know, and I was only six years old. And I know that that's so probably foreign to so many people that are able to watch or listen to this, but you can't put God in a box and think like, oh, well, I just, well, I pray, you know, when they're 21 that they find their way. Like, no, like Samuel knew God from when he was a kid, you know, boom, had that encounter the rest of his life, you know, went in a specific direction. And so that's my prayer. That's one of my prayers. My other prayer is God, help me to be the dad that you've called me to be. Help me to be the dad also that, you know, my daughter needs for me to be, but also help me to be the dad that you have called me to be. You know, because there's just so many dads out there that just, it's like, whatever. They don't care. You know, it's like they treat their kids like like a job application that they never intend <laughs> to follow through with. You know, I'm just gonna fill out this application. Hey, are you really going to work there? No, man. <laughs> you know, but it's, it looks good. I can say that I, I, you know, I, I, I went halfway, you know, like, no, man, like you brought, you made a decision to bring these children into the world. Now God has literally uh, a mandate on your life. It is your responsibility mm-hmm. to raise these children, to raise them in the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not just raise them in the Lord, but also to give them what we weren't given, exactly. whatever that is, mm-hmm. whatever that is, you know, if it's, if it's love, if it's more love, you know, um, well, if it's tenderness <clears throat> or more tenderness, you know, uh, if it's communication or better communication, cause there's kids that grow up in the home with great communication. Some grow up with no communication right. whatsoever, you know, but whatever you weren't given, God can give that to you. And once he, once you allow him to deposit that in you, in us, then we can say, okay, now I can give from this place and I can give what I do have. You can't give what you don't have. Exactly. You can't. You can't. It's like, it's like dipping a bucket into an empty well. Exactly. What are you, what are you going to pull up? Exactly. You know, and and, I was going to say that that's why it's so crucial. Mm -hmm. If your goal is to raise your children with love and so the, the proper godly values in them starts with you. Yeah. You, you have to have that relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. 
in order to be able to teach that to your children. Yeah. And even if you weren't raised by your father, mm -hmm. I do believe that God can and will teach you absolutely how to be a father. Absolutely. At a minimum, the father that your children need. Absolutely. Amen. I agree with that 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah, it's so, so true. And, you know, there's so many, I'm so glad that you said that, that it starts, you know, with, with you, with, with us as men. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people have this misconception where, and I'm sure you've, you've heard this as well as I have. I've heard this like a million times from people throughout the last 25 years of, of ministry. Oh, you know, but I did all that I could do. You know, I, I brought him, I brought her to church, you know. That's not enough. Did you pray with them? Yeah, that's like saying, well, he should be well. I, I, dropped, him <laughs> off, I dropped him off in the ER uh, 7 a.m. this morning. He's not well. What do you mean? Like, no. No, you can't just drop him off in the waiting room. He's to see the doctor. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. You know, and not only that, but usually when you leave the ER and you're well enough to leave the ER, you're given a set of instructions, right? To follow through with, to follow up right. with, right? Um, and if you don't, you'll end up back in that ER more than likely, right? Yeah. So we have to have the follow through. We have to put in the work. Um as fathers, because when we don't, things don't go well, no. right? And our father in heaven is waiting on us to say to him, yes, Lord, I'm here. I need you. I want you in my life. You know, I don't, I'm sick and tired of trying to do things, you know, my way and end up coming up with literally the same exact results big fat zero over and over and over again, get out of that routine, you know, uh, with God's help, get out of that routine, you know? Um, and for those that, you know, of you that, that watch this or that listen to it while you're driving one day, um, and you want prayer or need prayer in this particular area, drop it down in the comment section. You know, we're going to be reading that, uh, going forward and we'll pray for you. You know, um, and eventually, you know, we're going to have ways for uh, an inbox to be put in there to have direct messaging towards us. Um, but seriously, you need prayer in this area. You know, uh, you want God to be your heavenly father or maybe you've never even heard of that. We're here to pray for you. We're here to encourage you, you know, in that area because we haven't arrived. But let me tell you, we both know that not only is God awesome, but he's faithful. And like the song says that you mentioned earlier, um, he is a good, good father, you know, and that's just who he is. We're not making him to be. We're not trying to make it sound like, you know, oh, wow, you know, he's this amazing heavenly father. No, he is who he is. You know, he doesn't need our help to say that. No, I'm telling you. He is. He is. Period. He is, period. You know, um, want to close out. Uh with this uh, passage of scripture in Psalm 127, says this, verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain.
it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. In other words, God gives you rest, right? There's a lot going on in the world, but God wants to give you rest, right? For so he gives his beloved sleep. And then it says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward or a gift. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. When you know that your heavenly father loves you, the Bible looks at children. He looks at us, right? Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. As fathers, we're supposed to be viewing our children like arrows. And what are arrows for? A target. They're for a target. I don't even care if you use one for target practice. It's still meant for a target. And a target means purpose. Amen? And so that is what God wants us to get into the framework of doing is to be understanding not only did he place us here in this crazy world, but he did it for a purpose. Absolutely. He did it for a reason. And so uh, our prayer is, Saul and I, is that you would understand through watching this video and the next one and the next one, that God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your family. God has a purpose for your marriage, for you and your workplace, for your education. God literally has a purpose for every little, it even may seem so insignificant segment of your life. There's a purpose for it. And, and even more important than that, mm -hmm. he's not angry with you. Yeah. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you think you've messed up, you can be forgiven if you want to be forgiven. Amen. Amen. Like the prodigal son, you know, which a lot of people have like a struggle, you know, reading that passage of scripture. But I encourage all of you, if you don't know where it is in the Bible, well, yeah. Google it. That, yeah, I, I completely forgot about the verse. That's like a perfect mm -hmm. encapsulation of what God's love and forgiveness looks like. Totally. Totally. I, I think we could have just said that at the beginning of the podcast and just ended the video there. That would have yeah. that would have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim Keller actually uh, <clears throat> wrote a book. On, the entire book is on the story of uh, the prodigal son. I encourage anybody to look it up. Um, unfortunately, T Tim Keller just passed away. But um, an amazing book, an amazing breakdown of uh, that story in the Bible phenomenal book i encourage literally everybody and anybody to read it totally blessed my life um and gave me a deeper understanding of of what that story entails and what god expects from us as children and as fathers as well but also a, tr a deeper understanding of again what it means to call god our heavenly father there's also a song uh the particle son by Corey asbury too 
beautiful beautiful song mm. it i haven't heard i gotta check it, it out it encapsulates that the whole story mm. into, a, into a nice song mm. check out both of those things yeah. check out that song <laughs> and check out that book <laughs> don't listen to them simultaneously though that'll mess you up you won't get much from that but yeah <laughs> take your time and read it take your time and listen to it but uh we love you guys and um we'll see you soon god bless take care take care Thank you.